Welcome to the Ether. Today's Wednesday, August 17th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Akash Weekly with Greg Asuri. Let's take a listen. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's Akash Weekly Twitter Spaces. I'm Nadia Bajuelo, Community Events Manager here at Overclock Labs. I hope everyone here now or listening later or watching from our YouTube channel is having a great morning, afternoon, or evening wherever you guys are joining from. Before we start today, I really want to thank you guys for being a part of the Akash community. Insiders continue to test IP leases. Demokis keeps spinning up guides. And this week, we welcome new insider, Joao Luna, who will be chatting with us here today in just a bit. Guys, keep deploying. Keep up the one Akash and Akash over Amazon posts coming. We love it. Thank you so much. Right now, you can get involved by smashing those emoji buttons to show Greg and our guests some love when they're chatting with us. Also, be sure to send in your questions for today's AMA segment. Get your questions in on today's spaces by requesting to speak so you can ask your question. But once on stage, we do ask that you please remain on mute and we'll call on you when it's your turn. If you can't unmute, no worries. Reply to the pinned tweet that you see right, right above my profile picture at the top of the spaces room with your question. Before Greg takes it away for updates, here are a few things for you to check out during the week. If you're part of our community on Telegram, Andre has welcomed a new baby. Be sure to send your camera on Telegram to him. Get started deploying on Akash. Check out our documentation by visiting docs.akash.network. For a bit more support, join our Discord, Director of Technical Support, Scott Carruthers, and Akash Insiders, plus others will be there to help. You can also watch our Technical Program Manager, Alani Kuya, walk you through your first deployment on our YouTube channel. Like, subscribe, and tap that bell icon. If you want to spread the word about Akash and help our project grow, learn about becoming an Akash Insider, check out akash.net work slash community who have an idea for a project on Akash, join our grant program. For more details, check out our YouTube video on Akash Accelerator and visit akash.network slash akash-accelerator. Also, Akash Bounty number two has started. Learn more here on Twitter. With that, let's jump into today's spaces. Greg is going to be kicking us off with updates, including Akash Ecosystem News and his thoughts on the repatriation of data centers as a trend and what that means for Akash. After updates, we'll give you guys a full introduction to our guests, John Michael Hans, VP of Storage at Chia Network, Andrew Mello, Head of Mining here at Overclock Labs, and new Akash Insider, Joao Luna. During our guest segment, we'll be asking John Michael and Andrew about the latest Akash and Chia partnership, 
We'll also talk to Joao, who will tell us about his work on the Akash Terraform provider, as well as his experience with Akash and future plans. We'll then wrap up with an AMA with Greg. We'll meet John Michael, Andrew, and Joao after update dates right now. Let's hand it off to the man of the hour and CEO of Overclock Labs, Greg Osiri. Take it away, Greg. It's been quite a week. A lot of ecosystem updates for Akash. Uh, it's, uh, it's been phenomenal. I mean, there are more updates coming from the Akash ecosystem than the So this week, uh, to begin with, our friends at Chia Project are here uh, to share uh, the exciting uh, uh, news that they've selected Akash Network as a launch partner for Bladebit. So for those of you who are not familiar with Bladebit, it's a high-performance um, a mining uh, protocol for for um, uh, for Chia, which relies on uh, memory-based uh, uh, mining mechanism, and them selecting Kash uh, as a launch partner is a great uh, testament. That's going, and uh, John Michael Hans uh, from Chia, or you know, he's he's no stranger to our space spaces. He's here to share his experiences and his thoughts. Um, and uh, moving on to Sperian, which uh, we talked about briefly in our previous calls, but uh, they've really come along with the integration with Akash. I mean, they've showed a three-click deploy demo on for Akash applications that you can pay using pretty much, um, I mean, quite a bit of uh, tokens out there. Now engaged in the um, Polygon ecosystem and them demonstrating a super easy to use uh, Akash deployment workflow uh, that, that's highly optimized for developer experience that can be paid using Arbitrum or Polygon or any of the Ethereum ecosystem tokens is a huge feat. Uh, this is amazing, amazing uh, integration. I'm, I'm really excited. They showed a demo. Please go check it, check it out. It's, it's really nice. Uh, for those of you that haven't used Perian, I highly recommend go checking them out because they can do a Netlify style deployment. Uh, that means directly from your GitHub repo without having a Docker file, you can deploy direct on a on a uh, Web3 infrastructure. And them using a cache is uh, amazing. It's it's really cool to see. And they also have other cool integrations where you can integrate with storage providers and whatnot. So please go check it out. And uh, this also like solidifies this trend of the Akash uh, protocol clients, right? So as you know, Akash uh, Overclock Labs, which build Akash Network, have hasn't built a UI, right? A, a web UI or a graphical uh, UI of any sorts. Uh, we instead relied on a community uh, to build so. And uh, we optimized heavily for developer experience because we believe uh, good developers will always find projects that they find value in and enhance those projects. And that exactly worked out the way we, we, we anticipated. Uh, now we have different protocol clients. Uh, you know, first one was Cloud Moss, formerly called Akash Linux. It became, became the de facto deploy tool for Akash Network. And then we have uh, Praetor app, which built an amazing uh, uh, client protocol client for uh, Akash providers. So enabling Akash providers to rapidly, uh, you know, become a provider on Akash, configure, add security, add other amazing tools that'll help them be better providers. And we haven't spec'd that out. It's Praetor that they decided to do it and then they've done it. Now we have Sperion, uh, which is another additional uh, protocol client. It takes a different approach 
on how uh, apps should be deployed than uh, than uh, CloudMoss. I mean, and definitely it's uh, and, and it does multi-chain or multi-coin settlement, which uh, CloudMoss doesn't offer. And you know now they join our our, our fleet as the uh, as the protocol clients, and soon we have other amazing uh, interests from other protocols and other applications as well, such as Fleek and whatnot. So slowly Akash is uh, becoming this amazing ecosystem of protocol clients all developing to make Akash uh, successful. And this is exactly how we anticipated. And this also puts us in a very interesting position when it comes to censorship resistance, right? As you know, uh, these days, uh, the, the censorable part of the uh, decentralized stack is not the actual protocol, but the front end itself, right? So Akash Network not having a front end or overclocked labs which develops Akash Network not developing a front end um, or a default front end is puts us in a very interesting position because now, you know, our uh, compliance requirements are much lower than most other protocols. Uh, so because we really have no control over uh, a user, so it's it's Akash Network is, is very decentralized. It's uh, it's credibly neutral. The the protocol itself, it doesn't uh, you know make choose favorites or doesn't really enforce uh, censorship, right? So I mean that doesn't mean the the users of the Akash Network uh, you know, can break the law or anything. I mean if you're using Akash, you cannot you know of course you have to comply with OFAC mentions and you have to comply with the law of the land uh, wherever. You you, you, wherever you're using a network, right? So, but the fact that Overclock Labs team doesn't develop a front end uh, and doesn't operate a website that offers Akash as as a, as a uh, you know as a user facing product uh, puts us in a uh, much better position than let's say a Pocket Network, where they recently announced that they have to you know um, uh, ban uh, Tornado Cash because they are a company essentially that, that that is operating a front end right so they have to comply with us law and uh, and, uh, and and what they've done also is i don't really approve of of calling putting a ban that looks like it's a protocol ban but it's really a front end ban because the name of the company was the name of the network it's just it's really really confusing so so uh, I'm, I'm kind of proud of our decision of not developing a front end in the first place and uh, our amazing platform client, uh, CloudMoss, also announced a new explorer. Uh, this is the fourth explorer for Akash Network. And you, I mean, you essentially have Anchor, Aneka, or, or uh, PinkPub, and uh, now we have Cloud uh, CloudMoss. I think this explorer is more focused on the and on the deployment side of things. So, so you can actually query now. Uh, you know, using DSEC, right? You know, DSEC is the uh, deployment sequence, which is very, very cool. And um, and uh, go check it out. It, it's really cool. I, I started using it. And they also introduced a new, uh, what do you call it? A price comparison tool, which is amazing because uh, before they had a very basic uh, table where you compare different prices. Now you can actually input uh, your requirements and it'll you know give you an estimate as to how much it's going to cost on Akash as well as it'll give you a comparison as to how much it would cost uh, not on Akash. So it's really helpful for those of you that are trying to decide whether Akash is right for you or not. Go check it out. It's a really well done compare uh, price comparison tool. And um, and uh, we saw quite a lot of power by Akash. You know, so 
favorite community member, Dimkos, uh, it turns out has been running uh, a VPN server on Akash for a while uh, for 54 cents a month. And him and his friends use this VPN server. That's literally, uh, you know, cheaper than any VPN service that I can think of. Even ExpressVPN, the cheapest VPN service that I know, charges me $4 a month. That too for a shared infrastructure uh, that I have no idea who has access to, right? Now, we're, we're seeing uh, this uh, VPN service on a card, 54 cents a month, that you have full control over, that you have full sovereignty over, that you have, you know, that you know for sure it's private because you 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 have, I mean, you, you deployed it, uh, running on a cache and that's that gives me all kinds of new ideas right like what kind of services are possible in the future uh, on a cache where you can guarantee sovereignty for the users right i mean i'm really excited to see and at this price point you can have redundancy you can have a whole lot of new features that traditional web services couldn't have so it's very important to see stories like this come out because that really demonstrates the power of Akash, uh, the sovereign uh, nature of the cloud computing uh, that extends privacy, that extends uh, very critical values that, that we all seek for in this new world uh, that we are developing. Uh, we saw other uh, important uh, ecosystem players join, uh, ecosystem partners join us. Uh, a popular one is Cloud, uh, sorry, Cosmos Directory. Highly go, highly recommend you go check out Cosmos directory if you're trying to find an RPC server or an APS server for uh, any of the Cosmos SDK based chains. It's a very amazing curated list of uh, Cosmos uh, uh, RPC servers that uh, you know more often than not every project you go to you need to get the RPC server. It's very hard to find those servers, right? So you go to NetRepo or whatnot. Uh, usually, if you're you know, looking for Akash, uh, Akash uh, RPC server, each project has their own schema or, or own way for discoverability. That brings to another interesting um, problem with Web3 or, or crypto in general, which is discoverability, right? Like uh, we use GitHub a lot uh, for discoverability and we found out GitHub is probably the worst thing uh, to use for discoverability, right? Because they can censor you. They've done that recently. Um, recently, we found out that uh, Tornado Cache developers, you know, we're using GitHub for Tornado Cache, and of course, Tornado Cache being censored uh, means uh, GitHub cannot uh, host the source code, which is uh, them taking down is is compliant, and 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 that's you know they really have no choice. But what they did further is they overreacted and banned the accounts of the developers. Now. U.S. government never sanctioned the developers. It was the uh, protocol that, that was being sanctioned, but uh, GitHub overextending the ban to developers and overreacting is just ridiculous, right? Like, I have no idea what uh, decision led to banning these uh, developers, but the outcome is that these the, the work of these developers is forever lost because I have hundreds of repos on my GitHub, and I don't always you know, download them or make a backup with, uh, of them in my local drive because, you know, I keep changing my computers and I every time I change my computer, I start off fresh, right? So if I have any historic uh, code that, you know, I sometimes refer to is now forever gone, right? So my GitHub has been around for, God knows, I think 13 to 14 years for, uh, and a history of 
information that I stored, uh, my issues that I've had discussions over, my wikis I've written, or uh, throughout my career, uh, half my career as a programmer. So all that is lost, right? And that that is not. I mean, this is just a classic example of a centralized authority, a centralized system over uh, reacting to uh, what they think is the interpretation of the law and and uh, and the uh, developers the the people that trusted the systems are the ones uh, uh, being victimized here so github is no longer a, a service discovery tool for uh, for web3 and we need to do better cosmos directory is doing an amazing job at service discovery and uh, i think there is still inherently they're still using github but i think moving away from GitHub to a more decentralized system, uh, like a radical or a Gitopia, uh, which is very, very interesting, I think is the future. And then, and now uh, we're um, also working to make these uh, protocols, radical and Gitopia, more usable. They're in early stages of development. Uh, I've talked to folks from both the teams and both teams have different approaches on how to solve this problem. Radical obviously is Ethereum based, so the experience is uh, very Ethereum oriented, whereas Utopia is more Cosmos based. And with IBC, I think they will be soon enabling Akash native runner. So like you have GitHub actions that run on GitHub, now you'll be able to run Utopia actions on a cart. I'm really looking forward to this integration that's going to open up a whole new world of CI CD applications on decentralized web uh, and, and uh, move away from our dependence of, uh, from, from GitHub to a decentralized uh, stack. I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, go check out. We added a few more projects to. Um, to uh to our ecosystem page go to ecosystem network you'll see a whole lot of uh, projects uh exciting stuff we also added why they use akash network soon we'll be adding videos and guides and whatnot to these individual projects uh another news we uh, i you know i was very i was uh, you know we we had the first time developers not the first time but first time a crypto or a web3 developer arrested uh for writing code right so uh, the Tornado Cash developer, his name is Alexis. He was arrested by uh, Dutch authorities, and uh, I believe he was not yet charged uh, under suspicion. So there were no solid charges. They arrested him because he was suspected of uh, money laundering, and he was suspected of uh, um, profiting off money laundering, which is very hard to believe because. As far as I know, um, Tornado Cash does not have fees for liquidity, uh, uh, you know, provisioning. So them profiting off the activities of uh, North Koreans uh, is questionable by the Dutch authorities. Now, U.S. hasn't said that. It's Dutch that they're, they're saying. Uh, U.S. banned the protocol and never really sanctioned the actual developers. We don't know if that's going to happen or not, but so far, U.S. has not sanctioned the developers. Uh, and Dutch simply went after the owner of Tornado Cash domain, Alexis, and charged him with suspicion. Now, I don't know how long they can hold him without charging him. I believe some, somewhere around three days. I'm not fully updated on the situation, but this is a new precedence, right? I mean, a developer was arrested for writing code um, and uh, charged and in being held without bail and not being charged. So it's it's very crazy. Uh, world we are entering now, and uh, I think it's very, very important for us to take this issue very seriously because all of us here writing software is is vulnerable. 
right? If that's the case, and uh, Coin Center is fighting it. Uh, uh, I I don't know if there are any other uh, organizations that are fighting in uh, Dutch. I'm I'm not too familiar with Dutch law or, or EU law, but I'm pretty sure there is protections against human uh, rights and and free speech, uh, protections for human rights and and free speech. Uh, but it's really bad what's happening. I and I was not very happy about the situation. And I mean, really, if you think about it, right? Like arresting a developer because his code was used for money laundering is arresting is like arresting Edison uh, uh, because his bulb was used by the Nazis, right? It's the same analogy, right? and, that, and that's not okay. Yeah, and uh, let's really hope there are other chargers and whatever suspicions they have, if they can actually be charged with. Uh, you know, that justifies the, uh, uh, the arrest. If not, it's, it's a gross violation of free speech. So um, this, my, my tweet, tweet was uh, quoted in several podcasts and whatnot. Uh, and, uh, and I think it's important for us to be fighting this fight. So with that, uh, that wraps up the Akash uh, updates for this week. And, uh, I'll, uh, and uh, let's move on to introducing our guests and, and, and taking this uh, podcast and uh, this this spaces to the next phase. Uh, All right. Thanks, Greg. So Akash is the world's first decentralized web platform to support plot creation on its network. We're super excited to announce that we are the exclusive launch partner for Chia's Blabid 2.0. We have two guests joining us today to tell us more about Chia Network, Blabid 2.0, and how Akash and Chia are teaming up. First, we have Andrew Mello having at Overclock Labs. He's a powerhouse in crypto mining, and Andrew's main focus at Akash is to ensure miners are welcomed and supported while creating new integrations for mining communities to use the Akash network. Andrew has been in crypto mining since 2013. He built one of the largest mining pools in Docker with over 1,000 mineable coins and started his first business when he was just 13, providing computer consulting for local businesses. Andrew earned a degree in international business administration and a double minor in computer science and global communications at the American University of Paris. Welcome, Andrew. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you for the intro, Nadia. All right. Also here with us is John Michael Hands. John Michael is the VP of Storage at Chia, where he works with the storage industry on proof of space and time. He was previously at Intel as a product manager for data center NVMe SSDs. He currently is working with the Open Compute Project on open sustainability, circularity, and energy efficiency for storage, as well as leading a new nonprofit called the Circular Drive Initiative to reduce e-waste in storage. Welcome, John Michael. How are you this morning? Good morning, morning Nadia. <laughs> All right. So, John Michael, to kick off this conversation, can you first tell us a bit about Chia Network? Yeah, it's good. It seems like we have a, a lot of folks uh, from Akash on here that may not be familiar with Chia. Uh, so Chia is a decentralized blockchain uh, based on storage. We, we call it proof of space and time, but really it's a brand new consensus. You know, there really, really only is three consensus mechanisms that are viable for cryptocurrency today. Proof of work, uh, proof, of, proof of stake, and proof of space and time. And uh, we chose storage as kind of the medium for blockchain security because it's underutilized and pretty massively globally. Uh, and it's just, and it's a commodity, but you can do it at low energy. So we have this whole idea of 
plotting and farming, which we'll, we'll get into. But uh, the whole idea of Chia Network was you can have the decentralization of Bitcoin at a fraction of the energy use. Uh, our, our founder, Bram Cohen, is you know, most famous for inventing BitTorrent. But uh, we will, you know, Chia will be much, much bigger than, than BitTorrent someday. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Dan. Uh, so to follow up, can you explain what Chia plotting is and maybe touch a little bit on farm? <clears throat> yeah, so the... Um, one of these ideas, right? So if you have proof of work, you know, you just sit there and do hashes and every, you know, like Bitcoin the block times 10 minutes and every 10 minutes you have to start over. Well, in proof of space, you do that work up front once and then you write it to disk. And so the hard part about plotting is if, if you just do the basic proof of space, which I just described, which is just do a bunch of hashes and write them to disk. Um, those are subject to this thing called Hellman time space trade-offs, which you can just put more compute in up front and have like better proofs. Uh, so the way that Chia plotting tables are architected is basically to eliminate those types of attacks by making them exponentially harder uh, the farther you go. And so this, but this process, you have to write out a bunch of random data. You basically sort it and compress it down to these, what we call uh, plot files. These plot files actually are really big, right? They're 108 gigabyte files. And then they just live on your hard drive. So the the interesting part about Chia is you have this like compute intensive thing up front, which is plotting, but you only have to do it once. And then once you do that, you just copy the file over to a hard drive and it just sits there idle forever. You can farm it for five to seven years. And farming is this very lightweight process that doesn't consume very much electricity. The drive just sits there 99% idle. Uh, and so you kind of get the best of both worlds. You can do, you can have CapEx to secure the network. You actually have a physical asset, which in our case is hard drives that is actually using for blockchain and security. We actually use that for the consensus mechanism. Um, and it's secure because you've done all the work up front in this plotting phase. And so today, this has been kind of the hardest part about Chia is that you, people can, everybody has a hard drive or spare hard drive laying around. But, uh, you know, the plotting basically you, you know, you basically need to have like a, a decent little desktop if you want to do it, you know, kind of anywhere fast. And then you have to have a, you know, high endurance NVMe SSD. So those aren't um, super common in, in like gaming type systems. So uh, we developed some new software called Blabit Disk to make the plotting a little bit easier. Uh, but as we will learn about today, it actually scales extremely well in virtualized and Kubernetes environments uh, on Akash, as we've seen <laughs> Andrew do some testing over the last couple of weeks. So for the last eight to nine months, Akash has supported plotting through software, Mad Max and Blabit so far. And now she is releasing a new Bladebit called Bladebit Disk, which you just mentioned. Um, can you tell us where Bladebit Disk slots, slots in about um, among those and what's exciting about Bladebit 2.0? Yeah, so um, I mentioned these are really big files, like 108 gigabyte file. And, and for the temporary storage space, you need hundreds of gigabytes of temporary storage space. So you can do this all in RAM today. And that's what we have called Bladebit. You need 416 gigabytes of DRAM. Like this is not a <laughs> friendly workload. Uh, it's super high performance. And so what we did was we had some plotters uh, that were had these you know, insanely high-end servers that had 512 gigabytes of DRAM put those servers up to the Akash network and enable Bladebit as a service. Um, so what we did with Bladebit Disk is say, how can we take that, that same uh, pipeline high performance computing architecture and kind of port it to disk-based storage? So you, this is, uh, I mentioned the Chia plotting is a lot of sorting and algorithmic compression. So what you have to do is basically move data from memory to disk really fast, sort it, and then move it back. And so you, you have a lot of disk writes and a lot of uh, memory bandwidth. So 
but in Blade the Disc, we basically removed the requirements for that high amount of DRAM. So now you can start on like really low embedded systems at like two to four gigabytes of DRAM, but it also scales all the way up to if you have 100 gigs of DRAM, you can cache a decent, like almost 80% of the writes. And so that's kind of what we've enabled for uh, the Akash platform is this kind of happy mix where um, honestly, the uh, the plotting for in memory was too fast for Akash because most people don't have, didn't have the internet bandwidth to, to kind of keep up with that. So this blade bit disc is kind of like the middle of the road. You need, I think our, I think our default uh, configuration is 16 virtual cores, 125 uh, gigabytes uh, of DRAM. And this will produce a 20 minute plot. Uh, so this, this is kind of a happy medium because 20 minute plot is actually kind of the sweet spot magical point for how long it takes to download a 100, 100 gigabyte file on gigabit ethernet. <laughs> so a lot of people have like AT&T fiber, or Google fiber, or broadband or whatever that has gigabit download speeds. So now they can download a plot in 20 minutes. And if the Akash network creates the plot in exactly 20 minutes, that's a perfect balance of compute, DRAM, storage, and networking. And that's that's very rare in this space. <laughs> Thanks for walking us through that, Jam. So switching over to Andrew for a second here. Andrew, how did you add support for BladeBit Disk to Akash? Hi, good morning, everyone. Uh, thanks, thanks for that background, JM. And um, yeah, so I wanted to share the story a bit of how this came to be uh, on the Akash network and live. Uh, BladeBit Disk was, was released last uh, Wednesday. And within about uh, eight hours, um, you know, we had created the, the Docker file for that and published that to our awesome Akash uh, repo in the format of an STL. And once that pull request on awesome Akash was, was accepted onto the master branch, uh, the application became immediately available in Akashlytics, which is now known as, as Cloudmos. So uh, again, wanted to just highlight how easy it is to really run any, any application uh, on Akash by you know creating the the Docker file and making sure it's a you know fully Dockerized application and then uh, going through the process of creating a pull request on our awesome Akash um, repository on GitHub will will make that available on our network. So uh, again, a very rapid uh, development and iterative process to to make this uh, uh, you know viable on the network. It's about eight hours uh, turnaround time from when it was released to to having it available for everyone. So, Andrew, what does BladeBit 2.0 mean for providers? Yeah, so we're really excited to, to get BladeBit 2.0 on, on the network and supported uh, because it is a very profitable workload for, for our providers. Um, in terms of the, the hardware requirements and, and upfront costs, um, again, this workload is going to basically generate anywhere between $200 and $350 per month per workload. Um, and that would be at a 15 cent uh, per plot cost on, on what we call modern hardware. So that would be, uh, let's say anything, you know, uh, CPUs, memory, and hard drives produced in the last uh, three years are gonna be able to support that, that kind of pricing. So uh, we're looking for providers to make sure they know that they can simply upgrade their, their hardware now to support this new workload and become compatible with it. So to do that, we want them to know that uh, 24 CPUs, uh, 128 gigabytes of memory, and at least one type of ephemeral storage, uh, ideally NVMe or RAID um, SSDs um, would be ideal. And um, again, if any providers out there listening want to upgrade to support this workload, they can reach out to us and, and get in touch if they have any questions as well. 
Awesome. Thank you, Andrew. I also see we have some questions. We'll be bringing you up during um, while we talk to our next um, guest, and we'll have you ask your question during the AMA. Um, Thank you. So, uh, everyone, the fastest way to run BladeBit Disk right now is to deploy on Akash. First, launch CloudMost, formerly Akash Lytics. Go to Templates, then Mining, and Chia BladeBit Disk. John Michael, for more support from the Chia side, where can someone go? Yeah, if you guys want to learn more about what we're doing, uh, Chia.net is everything. And then we have a link to our Keybase, you know, Keybase little app owned by owned by Zoom. It's kind of like Slack. But uh, we do all the Chia stuff on Keybase. We have a public channel uh, for Chia. So yeah, come on in. Awesome. Um, all right. Well, with that, thanks, John, Michael, and Andrew. Guys, stick around for questions after our next guest. Um, so... Andrew was just talking about upgrading your provider to support Blade Disk. If you want to run a provider right now, our next guest is here to share more about using Terraform to create Akash providers. Joining us today is new Akash insider, Joao Luna. Joao is a cloud engineer based in Portugal, and he's also the developer behind the Akash Terraform provider. When he's not busy building, he tells us that his hobbies include reading, technology, board games, and spending time with friends. Speaking of friends, I hear friends call you Luna. If that's the case, can the Akash community call you Luna? With that, welcome, Joao. How are you today? And should we call you Luna? Uh, hello, everyone. Yes, thanks for, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, Luna uh, is what usually everyone calls me, so feel free. It's also easier to pronounce than Joao. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Um, all right, so Luna, we'd love to hear about the incredible work that you're doing to increase Akash compatibility with Web2 Cloud. Um, as a developer behind the Akash Terraform provider, you've streamlined Akash and Terraform integration. What inspired you to set up Terraform integration? Uh, yeah, well, uh, so I was using the CLI to set up uh, some miners and workloads I had, uh, but soon it became quite hard to manage the, the amount of deployings I was using uh, because I'm someone that likes to, to use the CLI. Uh, and I also was using Terraform for my traditional cloud infrastructure, so it just felt natural uh, to start working on a, on a Terraform provider for the Akash network. Uh, so then I could have all my deployments uh, managed as code uh, and also store it in version control. Uh, and yeah, I, I would have my infrastructure infrastructure there and could read it in a human-readable format that is HCL developed by, by Terraform, uh, by HashiCorp. Uh, so yeah, and as I started to work on it, I realized uh, this could be also useful for the community and it could open outdoors to to, to start some migrations uh, from the traditional cloud. Uh, yeah, another, uh, also another great advent uh, advantage is how, uh, though, how with this provider, you can uh, seamlessly integrate Web3 uh, cloud with uh, the traditional cloud infrastructure that you already have. Awesome, thanks. So Luna, can you give us a few examples of who would or who could use the Terraform provider and how each of these people would use it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, so two big groups that come to mind uh, for me are developers and also uh, operations teams. So for instance, as a developer, I could have my Terraform configurations to set up my personal website for some 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 other workload that uh, that I that I need to, uh, 
uh, and keep it in a version in, in my version control tools. Uh, if I want to update the version of my website, I can just update the configuration and run a simple Terraform apply, and I can be sure that my deployment will be updated and the manifest sent to the provider. Uh, as an operations team, uh, I could use uh, the Terraform provider to move my uh, build agents, for instance, my build agents for CI CD pipelines and move them to a cache uh, without much effort. Uh, also, I think people in DeFi uh, could also use a cache, so they are already running their infrastructure in on a, uh, a cache node, the Terraform provider. So they are already running it on a cache. Um, it's only a matter of configuring it on uh, Terraform or writing the Terraform configuration. They can version it, store it, uh, and yeah, they can have their workloads uh, on, Terraf uh, on Terraform scripts as well. So basically, anyone that deploys on a cache can benefit for from having their infrastructure as code and using the Terraform provider. Amazing, Luna. Thank you for breaking that all down for us. That's awesome. Um, so from here, what are your plans to scale up? Uh, so the the cash, firstly the cash Terraform provider is open source, so I'm uh, it is open for for all the contributions, feedback, feature requests. It's really uh, it's it it's a tool for me, and it's also a tool for everyone. So if you have something that you like to see, or some improvements that you that you would like to to see, feel free to 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 go to the GitHub issues and open open an issue or you can find also the Discord channel uh, on the Akash uh, development uh, Discord. Um, uh, so I'll also soon uh, roll out a couple of improvements and a new feature, uh, which I call the providers filters, which basically will allow the users to specify a few attributes that they want on their providers. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the, the Terraform provider will go through the, the bid list and and see uh, which providers match the, the, the specified criteria. Uh, and this is really useful. So uh, for example, I can specify that I want my website deployed in two providers, one in Europe, another one in North America, and I'll make sure it will make sure the, um, the deployment is there, uh, is deployed in a provider that's in one of those regions. Uh, in parallel, I'm also developing a, a repository that's full of modules uh, to help scale uh, the, the usage of the, the Terraform provider. Uh, there is all, all already a Hello World um, website for users to quickly test their environments that everything's working. I've also, uh, I think, yeah, a module with an Ubuntu machine with SSH and a PKT minor module. So these modules uh, remove the need to write SDL files. So they they allow you to simply write uh, Terraform input variables uh, on your configuration, uh, and yeah, that's 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 it. You'll you'll have your your workloads running. So this will allow people from traditional cloud. Uh, to onboard into a cache without needing to write or learn SDF, SDL files right away. So they would use uh, HCL, which they are already familiar with from their traditional cloud workloads. This is, this is really cool. And lastly, I'm also uh, working on testing an integration with another tool uh, from, uh, from, the, from the same family, let's say, called Terra Grant. 
which will take the, the Terraform provider to, to the next level and allow large-scale infrastructure by basically by enabling uh, the execution of several of these modules at the same time. Um, and uh, by specifying also a, a specific folder structure uh, for those configurations that make uh, the, the infrastructure of other users to, to be maintainable and scalable and really, really organized. I think that's, that's really cool. Wow. I mean, looking at this Terraform module and looking at the, the roadmap that we have really won't make me want to start getting in there and start coding. For context, I, I, mean, I love Terraform. I've been a contributor to Terraform uh, since 2014. Um, I worked on Terraform, early version of Terraform, where pretty much it was only, uh, you know, uh, Michelle Hashimoto, who created Terraform, was, was on it. I learned Golang because of Terraform. I was going and fixing bugs on, on uh, Terraform because I love the tool so much. And I love HCL. I, I always thought it was amazing, uh, you know, schema and amazing developer experience when it comes to like deploying Terraform app, uh, to, to configuring applications. Uh, you're kind of making SDL absolute with, with Terraform, which is amazing, right? Like, uh, and, and the beauty of Terraform, most people don't realize is its ability to uh, coexist with other infrastructure. Like one of the big use cases is you can now have uh, part of your infrastructure, if you're a Web2 company, if you're like Amazon or Google, so whatever you're, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're on, you can use Akash side by side with these uh, major, you know, uh, uh, cloud providers, and you can share the environment between them. So, for example, you want to have your developer environment on Akash, but you may want to have your production on uh, Amazon because you're still not comfortable with Akash uh, running your production, and that's possible using Terraform. You can get into all kinds of amazing configuration that's repeatable uh, and that can be shared with other people with Terraform. So there's a lot of opportunity here and uh, really seeing an exciting developer, an excited developer uh, that built to solve this problem and now looking to expand to solve other problems is an amazing, uh, um, amazing feat. And I would consider Terraform as Akash uh, protocol client as well. Uh, and also uh, another interesting fact is our head of product, Anil, uh, used to lead Terraform product uh, at HashiCorp. So we have quite a lot of love from there, and uh, and I'm I'm close friends with lots of uh, Terraform employees. Terraform is one of the most respected Web two uh, infrastructure companies out there, right? They're like, I mean, the founder of Mish Hashimoto is is uh, called the James Bond of open source software. Like the guy is like obviously very popular, and a lot of people respect him. Uh, for those of you, I mean, HashiCorp is also the company that made Vagrant. And Vault. If you're not familiar with those tools, highly go, highly recommend go checking them out. Most developers, I mean, that wrote code in 2015, 2014 are familiar with Vagrant, right? Vagrant was a pre-Docker version of uh, uh, of running your dev dev, dev images using uh, basically using uh, you know um, uh, VMware or, or any of the hypervisors. So it's uh, it's amazing to see uh, you know Terraform integration with Akash. Um, Thank you so much, uh, Luna. I was really, really excited. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's real cool. And uh, something that I find funny about um, uh, building with Terraform modules, and I think everyone should try to, it kind of feels like 
building Legos, but we, with all these cloud providers and resources, so we can mix them together and build cool things. And it's something that I really like about Terraform. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to doing a whole lot of like CI CD stack. Like I think Akash is perfect for CI CD, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. CI CD builds are like huge, and it'd be great to have like some sort of Terraform mechanism to use. Um, not use GitHub, you know, GitHub Actions and use something like, uh, I, I forgot what the latest CSED, uh, uh, you know, stuff, but uh, yeah, yeah. Move our dependency away from GitHub Actions as much as possible. Awesome. Thank you. Um, with that, let's go ahead and open it up uh, to questions. Um, we had uh, one question here for sure. Yep, go for it. Hello. Can you guys hear me? Yes, we can hear you. My question is about Ash Network. Like, what problem does Ash Network came to solve in time of scalability and stability? You know. Can you repeat the question? I'm sorry. Uh, what's the problem? What's the problem Ash Network came to solve in time of scalability and stability? What? Yeah. yeah. What, yeah, what um, problem is Akash solving? And um, I think he's got some questions around Akash in the future around scalability and... Um, and Yeah, so Akash Network is the first viable open cloud. So cloud computing today, the infrastructure side of thing is essentially controlled by few closed companies, Amazon, Microsoft, uh, Alibaba, and Google being the 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 majority stakeholders, right? Majority market, the whole majority of the market. So if you believe cloud is the fabric of human society, all our data, yours, mine, every, everyone's data is stored on the cloud. And we have no idea who can, you know, how that's handled. Uh, and we have no idea how the pricing is uh, done. We have no idea. Uh, there, We have no guarantees that our data is safe. So Akash is the first viable attempt to decentralizing this oligopolized closed system called the cloud computing, uh, yeah, you know, and uh, the outcome is a an amazing non-custodial system where you have complete control of your deployments. That's that's ninety seven percent cheaper than the cloud. And the way we do that is by source by enabling anybody with compute, uh, be it uh, mostly data center uh, uh, compute, to offer their unused capacity on the Akash network in an open way where developers or the tenants can consume the compute in a reverse auction, right? So the the problem we're solving is improving efficiency of global computation uh, because our thesis is there's enormous amount of unused compute out there. Uh, uh, you know, real, I mean, conservatively, conservatively over 85% of the world's computer is not used. Uh, and, uh, and uh, that also brings another in- interesting point that, that I haven't touched uh, recently. As there is a tweet from uh, A16Z Anderson Horowitz's uh, partner, Martin Quesado, uh, about the repatriation of the data center, right? So a lot of folks are actually building their own data centers because they deem cloud to be extremely expensive. There's one case where he talks about a company saving up to 40%, uh, 40x, sorry, of the cloud bill by bringing, building, building a GPU kit in-house, right? It still doesn't solve the un- underutilized problem. If that company is not using their hardware 100% of the time, they're still losing money. So Akash, uh, really, thesis is like, like if you have 
a, a hardware uh, lying around in a data center that you're not using, you know, put that on the network, let people that see use for their hardware use it and pay you, uh, pay you what they, you know, pay you what you agreed upon, right? So the idea is the really the, what we're going after is to improve the efficiency of global computation usage uh, and thereby also improving energy efficiency because a lot of times when you have servers that are sitting out there that's turned on, the carbon emissions is not just the servers, but the cooling systems and the whole ecosystem around keeping those lights on. And uh, instead of trying to be expansionary to get more power, we're we're looking to uh, be more uh, reusable, right? So we're going after, we're looking inwards to to open up what we have already deployed and make that more usable. Hopefully that's, does that answer your question? Sure, you will answer my question while Thank you. Welcome. And we saw some internet, some questions on the internet pop out, right, Nadia? Um, yeah, we, we have Chain of Secrets here who just requested to speak with a question. Um, go ahead, Chain of Secrets, and I'll check on the internet. Hi, yeah. I'm just uh, curious um, what your approach is going to be to onboard more um, people into the, the cloud um, environment to use a cache. Uh, sorry, repeat the question again? Yes, like what my question is, um, how are you... How are you going to uh, create more awareness and, and onboard more uh, users into the, the cash model? How are we going to acquire more users? Yes, right? correct. Correct. So good question. So first is building a, uh, improving the product to a point where we have an amazing retention, right? So I think a big, big problem with Akash today is the, it's, it's hard to use, right? Command line interface that you have, uh, you know, various different uh, uh, protocol clients that are getting way better, right? So our job is to work with these protocol clients to ensure that there's uh, amazing retention. And a second step is to increase our market uh, penetration. And the way we do that is we have a planned approach, a phased approach. First, we decided to ins attract our own ecosystem, which is Cosmos. And the goal is to uh, get maximum market penetration possible all the way from RPC servers to node providers, to uh, to to websites in general, hosted in Akash and uh, hosted in the Cosmos ecosystem, and that's going really well, right? So we're enabling, we're adding features that enable node providers, for example, using persistent storage, IP address, you know, uh, leasing and whatnot. And uh, the next step is to go to the broader Web three community and the proof of work community. We're already seeing leaders like Chia uh, and Web three uh, other you know, uh, viable web uh, pro, uh, proof of work uh, protocols, talking about Akash, adopting Akash, right? So we're slowly getting into this phase two as well while we're executing our phase one. Phase three is to, you know, provide uh, features that are unheard of in web two, like high-performance computing. Uh, with GPUs, we'll be able to attract machine learning and really high-performance computing 20 to 30% cheaper than the cloud. And that's a big deal, right? Because you know, high performance computing extremely expensive currently on 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 Amazon's and Google's, right? So our really uh, strategy is to offer every time we we target a certain user base, offer them uh, a unique value proposition that they cannot get elsewhere, right? So that's phase three, and phase four is to really uh, offer low latency, heavily distributed competition. And in order for that to happen, we need to have thousands of nodes spread across the world. Right now, we have about fifty providers across the world. So by the time we reach phase four, uh, we will 
essentially offer a product that's unlike any other product in Web 2 or Web 3, right? So instead of tackling phase four directly, we wanted to do it in a staged manner because a lot of times Akash adoption, the challenge is, is really around behavioral change, right? So Akash is a non-custodial system. There is no credit cards. There's no email addresses. There are no login passwords. So for a user to use Akash, they need to change their behavior dramatically. Uh, so it made sense for us to target our immediate ecosystem, which is the Cosmos ecosystem, because we're that's where really you don't need to retrain the user a lot, right? And easy to get Akash tokens if you're a Cosmos user. You can go to Osmosis, you can go to Access. But it's even harder for a Web2 user, web, sorry, Web3 user to get Akash tokens today and without a KYC, right? So, so we're solving these problems in a phase manner and we're doing enormous progress and sharing our progress along the way. Uh, and that's how we're going to get to the world. And then, Greg, we had two other questions come in. Um... From Twitter, you've touched on some of this already, but in case you have any additional thoughts and just so that they know that we have gotten their questions, we've got, hi guys, what is the status or progress of GPUs and managed services? Also, Greg mentioned in Twitter spaces a couple months back that he wants to onboard lots of providers for managed services. How long is that process going to last? Genuinely asking as a non-IT guy, cheers. And we also have, how can we compare Akash with other cloud computing networks or how do we compare? Um, and like I said, you've kind of touched a little bit on that, but. Uh, we're a little far off from managed services, right? Like, so we're not quite there ready for managed services yet. Uh, we need to even have, uh, first off is to like solve retention problem, right? So there's enormous uh, drop off from Akash users. A lot of that is just basic, like no lack of notifications, right? So for example, like I deploy something on a cash today and that workload, you know, you had to prepare for the workload and the workload runs out of money, right? I don't get a notification and I'm busy doing my own thing, right? My, my, I'm thinking that this, this website is going to run forever. In a Web2 world, I'm expecting my credit card to be charged, but in a Web3 world, there's no credit card charges, right? So there are a lot of inherent problems uh, that we got to fix and we can't have a leaky bucket before we go ahead and build other uh, other features, right? Or else you're just going to end up in a feature creep where we have all these, you know, mediocrely functioning features that nobody really uses because it, it has a leaky bucket. So before we go ahead and build additional features, we got to build a better product. And that's our number one goal right now. So we're doing several methods. So in order for us to, you know, have a highly re retained user base, we got to do, you know, subscription-based payments, ideally have infrastructure to connect to the legacy payments rails, which is credit cards and whatnot. So we have introduced a lot of features like authorized uh, spend uh, that allows us to decouple payments from operations. Uh, we're uh, we're doing a web UI, uh, a, a, a managed service as well. The first managed service will be a non-custodial, -cust actually, uh, UI that, that, that can handle credit card payments at a premium, right? So the approach we're doing for managed services is not directly built into the protocol first, but actually offer additional uh, custodial features on top of the platform and to see uh, and to gauge the, the value of the product market fit for these features, right? So we're taking a market first approach here, here with, with managed services. Uh, with GPUs, we're actually pretty, we made quite a lot of progress actually. Uh, we've been working on this for a long time. It's a very difficult thing to enable. The challenge really is um, 
in two folds, right? The big one is the lack of GPU support from Kubernetes, right? So Kubernetes by default doesn't support GPUs and we have to build in the support quite a lot. And the problem with GPUs is every GPU vendor expects your application to be customized to their GPUs, right? Uh, so that means your container has to be packaged to support just one GPU. That in that is inherently, uh, uh, you know, in contradiction with the core principles of Kubernetes, where you build once and you can run that image anywhere, right? So there are solutions around using labeling annotations, using quite a lot of like advanced features that are half built and still underway from the Kubernetes uh, side of things to, to enable to support GPU. So unless those problems are solved, and this this is problems just beyond Akash, right? Uh, this is all the users of Kubernetes, but we are actively engaged with them. We are actively working to solve a lot of the problems. Uh, there was a demo, a prototype that kind of had functionality. I wanted wanted to share that, but my team was not very happy about me sharing the prototype because you know that it's not fully production ready uh, for for us to share the prototype. But it 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 demonstrated that we can run a a GPU workload, right? So a lot of these nuances are not a lot of these issues are being fixed right now. And uh, we, sh I mean, I can't really give you a realistic timeline when this is going to come out because the whatever timeline I give you is going to be dependent on upstream Kubernetes, right, to fix their stuff. Uh, but we're making a lot of progress. Uh, we'll probably should give you a document and more detail update of <clears throat> extension of what I just spoke today. But uh, but that's that's where we are. So before that, before GPUs, I think we're going to have our web UI. Uh, like I said, it's 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 a it's uh, it's it's a web UI that's solving critical problems around retention and acquisition, uh, and uh, and we have IP leases that's going to enable quite a lot of other use cases like Solana and whatnot to deploy on Akash. So we have quite a lot of features coming out before the GPUs, uh, but GPUs are going to be a paradigm shift along with managed services that's going to take Akash to the next level, right? And we're also seeing quite a lot like. Today we saw, you know, uh, our, our Terraform integration kind of giving us hints into how a managed service would look like. Uh, we have a lot of these protocol clients, right? Each of them, Experian itself, you know, is charging a premium for Akash users. That's considered considered a, a uh, managed services. So we have managed services that are actually taking, uh, you know, are being seeded and actually shaping form, right? I would imagine Praetor in the future would start charging some some um, some uh, premium to use a service, and that's a managed service, right? So it's a Akash native development, a market first and market driven development that that we're seeing, which is the most exciting part. So by the time we have managed services, it's going to be very very well vetted by the market and very uh, you know market. Um. We're just about out of time, but Anons has been waiting uh, very patiently. So Anons, go ahead with your question and then we'll we'll wrap up and thank our guests and all that good stuff. Uh, thank you for having me up here. Um, I know some cloud service providers that I think would be interested in using um, Akash. Is there like a point of contact that I could put them in touch with? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can. Put them in touch with me or Boz Menzalji, our CEO. Uh, he's available on Twitter as well. But if you can't find him, please uh, connect with him. Okay. I might um, follow up with you after this. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for thinking of us. Awesome. Well, with that, thanks so much to Greg, John Michael, 
Shaluna and Andrew for joining us on Spaces today. And thank you to all of you guys for joining today or listening to this later. And uh, before we get together next time, John Michael, where can everyone go to learn more about Chia Network? Chia.net. And uh, yeah, we had some big announcements today, as if you're following Chia on Twitter, uh, for uh, carbon credits on the Chia blockchain being tokenized. So check it out. There's lots of, lots of interesting real-world use cases happening on Chia. Awesome. Guys, make sure you give JM a follow, give Chia Network a follow, and check out the latest over on their Twitter. Um, Luna, where can everyone go to learn more about the amazing work that you're doing? Uh, so the, the there's a channel called Terraform Provider on the Cash Discord. Uh, I've I've posted and pinned a, um, a, a thread there, so you feel free to check it out. Also, you can follow me on Twitter. I'll I'll be posting uh, documents and document documentation, blog posts that I do. So I think those are the two best places to to look. Awesome, guys! Go give them a follow and check it out. Get on Discord. Um, also, go run Bladebit Disk right now. Remember, first launch Cloudmos, formerly Akashlytics. Go to Templates, then Mining, and Chia Bladebit Disk. Also, check out Bounty Number Two if you have a project or deployment on Akash. Submit it for AKT Rewards. Join us next week, Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, for our next Akash Weekly Spaces with Greg. Tap that set reminder button as soon as we post it. Also, to deploy on Akash, check out our documentation at docs.akash.network. For more support during your deployment, join our Discord group. Director of Technical Support Scott Carruthers is there. Our insiders are there, and others will be there to help. You can also watch our Technical Program Manager, Alani Kuye, walk you through your first deployment on our YouTube channel. Be sure to check out akash.network community and find out how you can spread the word about Akash and help this project grow and become an Akash Insider. Once again, thank you so much for joining today's event. Thanks again to Greg, John Michael, Andrew, and Luna for spending time with us today. See you guys next Wednesday with Greg at 8 a.m. Pacific. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Akash Weekly with Greg Asuri, recorded on Wednesday, August 17th, 2022. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Put your hands up like you got a couple questions Ain't no misdirection, just a bunch of flexing All aggressive, insane from all directions Smoke rolls in when I start a session Plank canvas, blaze up the handlers Rocking back and forth like I got the van stuck Don't grind the clutch, mind your hush Put your mask on and don't touch the antlers Feeling untouchable when I'm on the verse But in the universe, I'm just writing some words Enticing these nerds while I'm laying out my memoirs Like, remember when I had to fight the centaur? I'm a book nerd, let me take you on the journey Lost in the labyrinth, searching out the lost fern For certain, got the taxes included Acting like a writer, never felt secluded Get it.
the shit and line them up Just another fixed game of try my luck Go lighten up dog. it could always be worse Unless you're in the back of a hearse Then you're dead or putting in new speakers It's a toss up, driver or just tweakers Don't stress yo, I've done the research Living life like a bunch of fucking lemurs It's a remake, off the cutting floor we take A little bit of poison and put it in the cheesecake Tastes great, less filling, less stress, more killing As he blew the cornerstone out the building And the blocks came tumbling down all humble Feels like we're drowning in a little puddle Rebuttal, I should be taking off in the shuttle Getting high in space with the Hubble Spaces.